Hello there and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with myself, the man whose mother would never eat your dog, is Bread Roll. And I'm joined today once again by the man who's known to have kicked some ass in the name of the Lord, it's JT. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Hello everyone. Um, yeah, I can't really add to that, can I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we are continuing our look at um, certain movies of a particular weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we had a look at a movie called Bad Taste, which is an early Peter Jackson movie. Today we're continuing looking at Peter Jackson movies with the 1992 Brain Dead. Hmm. Now, obviously, at the end of last week's episode, we kind of ad hoc realised Meet the Feeble sort of fell in between the two, didn't we? So we might look at that at some point. There was a five-year gap between Brain Dead and this, wasn't there? There was. Yeah. I mean, from what I've gathered of Meet the Feebles, um, it's more of a kids' one. It's got hmm. lots of puppets and crazy stuff i've never seen it it's one of the few of his movies i haven't actually seen so i would be quite interested to watch that at some point this one tonally kind of follows on a bit more from brain dead and the fact that it's just a bit of a complete fucking gore fest <laughs> i actually have to um last week when we were talking about brain dead i said it's probably one of the goriest movies or the goriest movie i've seen but this in actual fact is the goriest movie ever made isn't it in terms of uh, the amount of fake blood used on set, this is the bloodiest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, and I did kind of allude to that last week when you said about Brain Dead, uh, Bad Taste, sorry. I was like, yeah, wait till next week. So, yeah, I mean, what else can you say about this film? I mean, it came out in 92 in New Zealand. I've got a release date of sort of early 93 in the States, about six months later. I'm not sure when we got it over here in the UK, whether it was around the same sort of time. I imagine it wasn't a cinema release. I mean, I don't know, but... I wouldn't have thought so. It may have been. I'm not too sure. But it's one thing I'll say about this movie is production-wise, yeah, it's low budget, but it's what you'd expect from a kind of early 90s horror movie. And it is, in itself, it's a parody of classic 80s horror movies. And obviously we'll touch on a few things about that as we go through. But it definitely feels like more of a proper movie as compared to Bloody Brain Dead, doesn't it? I mean, this is actually shot properly. It's got actors are not brain dead sorry i'm um, bad taste get me bloody movies mixed up I'm getting it feels like more of a movie compared to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's actually shot properly with actors it seems to have a bit of production value to it it did actually have a um fairly decent budget i'm just gonna find it here three it three earlier. million dollars i've got here i'm assuming that was new zealand dollars because it only made two hundred and forty-two thousand us dollars well it says box office so it must have been a movie release um I imagine the three million would be New Zealand dollars, but that's still about one and a half million UK pounds. So compared to 25 grand, the last one had, which was again, New Zealand dollars, this is a massive step up, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And and once again, similar to, um, to bad taste, it's got some really sporadic run times. Uh, I've got one listed here is 104 minutes. Hmm. The R rated version is 85 minutes. There's an unrated version at 97 minutes. Uh, there's one at 92 minutes, which I believe is the one we watched today. Well, I watched today. I don't know when you watched it, but it's the one that's available on YouTube. And it's actually pretty good quality um, cut on there, actually. But, yeah, it seems to have like all these different cuts and run times. Oh, right. Yeah, I watched the YouTube one last night. I texted you about it. Did you have sound drop out in a few bits? Like, I did, yeah, a minute at a time. Start. Yeah, and then there's a couple of scenes as well where it completely dropped out. So I missed some dialogue. I did make a a couple of notes about that because I wasn't really sure what was going on because it was quite an important bit and the sound just dropped out for a good minute. But the actual picture quality I thought was really good on YouTube. It was a really good transfer. It is because I looked on um, 
uh, Amazon Prime to begin with. And there's another brain de- movie called Brain Dead, and I think it stars Bill Pullman. And that was on there. And I nearly started watching that last night by mistake. And I was like, hang on, that's not, that's not the right <laughs> one. But yeah, there are there are two movies. This movie actually has two names. I was trying yeah, to remember. Does. Yeah, Dead Alive. Dead, it was Dead called, Alive. Yeah, which is what it came up as. Um, although it's called Brain Dead on YouTube, when the titles came up, it was called Dead Alive. Yeah. So, well, I didn't realise I had a, uh, two names until I sort of did a little bit of research on it during the week. So, yeah, I mean, it's always been known as Brain Dead to me. Yeah, I think it's Brain Dead over here and in New Zealand and such. And just, um, but in America, it's saying on Wikipedia that in America it's called Dead Alive, which is not uncommon for movies to have different names in different regions, really. So, no, yeah, if you, more, if you are looking for, for on YouTube, you can find it under Brain Dead. Yeah, it's more for the, the foreign sort of language market. They change the name. So it's not so much for the sort of English speaking countries, is it? But there we go. It's kind of like the whole Resident Evil biohazard thing, isn't it? It's biohazard in Asia and stuff, but everywhere else it's Resident Evil. So, yeah, I guess. one of those things. Yeah, indeedy. Right. So uh, let's take a look at uh, this particular movie. Do you want to kick us off there, JT? Yeah, I can do. Um, I mean, where do you start? Obviously, at the beginning of the film, but fucking hell, this film is is pretty full on, isn't it? It doesn't really let up. I mean, we, we open on Skull Island, don't we, 1957, and it is Peter Jackson, isn't it, at the start with the guy, and they've got that monkey in the cage, which then means that last week when we were confused whether Peter Jackson was Derek in bad taste, he was, wasn't he? That was him. He was. Yeah, he was. And also, like he's... Him. Yeah. I think that was him at the start, but I know he's in this movie again later on as well, which you probably yeah, clocked is. on. Yeah, in The Undertakers, but we'll get to that. But <laughs> yeah, again, this but... movie is like reference city, isn't it? There's so many nods to everything, like Skull Island, particularly, is obviously King Kong Island, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, at the start of it, they've got this monkey in a bloody cage, haven't they? There's Peter Jackson, this other guy, and they're, they're trying to get it back to New Zealand, and they've got it in this sort of cage with the bars on it, and there's it's quite a big cage, isn't it? And they get attacked by these, well, I suppose tribesmen, best way to describe them, isn't it? I'm not really sure how to describe them. Sorry if that's offensive. But they um they just put he pulls out a machine gun, doesn't he, and scares them off, and then they just run off with the monkey. And then the monkey bites old Peter Jackson. So they just cut his hand and his arm and then his head off, don't they? Yeah, it's, just, it's such a brutal start. I don't know about you, but were you getting Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes about this yes. start as well? Like the way he, yeah. there's a scene where he's running and it's a wide shot and like they're chasing him and it's just literally like Indiana when he runs out of the cage and he's got a bunch of the like the tribal people chasing him, hasn't he? And I was just thinking, fucking out, this is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just obviously a bit more tongue in cheek. Yeah, it is. Um, but straight away, I mean, the the effects aren't great when they cut his arm and that off, but straight away you get the feeling this film's going to have shitloads of blood in it. I mean, it just gets more and more gruesome as it goes on, really, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And there's one scene, and it's not too far away, actually, but one I remember vividly, it's just fucking gross. But yeah, like you say, when he gets his hand cut off, you can tell it's just really rubbery and dummy <laughs> Yeah. But when they move the axe away, like a fucking gallon of blood just starts spurting out of his <laughs> wrist. And then they didn't notice he's got like a little cut on his head. That's when they decide to actually kill him, isn't it? Because obviously yeah. they're worried, something about this monkey bite they're worried about. So obviously they, yeah. they realise it because the sound dropped here, um, yeah, as you probably remember, so you couldn't hear the dialogue or see what they were doing, but obviously it indicated that they were worried because he'd been bitten by this this rat monkey. And um, yeah. later on, it turns out that that's actually a well-founded uh, concern they've got. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at this point, I, I got really worried. I thought, shit, we're not going to be able to review this film because the sound's dropped. And it, it is a good minute or so where there's no sound, and then it just comes back in again. And it does, like we said, happen a couple of times more during the film. But... It's not a reason not to carry on and not watch it, though, is it? 
it's not no you can pretty much get the gist of what's happening and it doesn't ruin it at all it's just a bit of a shame really but then considering it's a youtube rip the yeah. picture quality kind of makes up for it because this wasn't shaky or anything i mean i've seen some youtube rips <laughs> fucking um, bad taste last week for example and it looked like <laughs> someone had whoever was filming it had parkinson's but yeah and that, that was on prime as well not youtube yeah, I mean, yeah it was yeah <laughs> this is a good transfer anyway back to that movie um so we the monkey then does get flown back to new zealand um and the first scene of new zealand we see some trams and i thought they looked a bit fake i don't know if they're real or not they look like toys to me i'm not sure if you clocked that sort of thing as well I'm not too sure actually because I'd, I'd imagine obviously they do have did have trams over there maybe yeah. they still do but yeah they did look a little bit like they were miniatures but then there was That's actually some larger size ones and it's like they could be they couldn't be or it could have just been an actual film set so they look ropey anyway because obviously low budget film sets you never know yeah I couldn't work it out whether they're real or not obviously it's set in I'm assuming it's still set in 57 when they get back to New Zealand and one of the first things you see actually is a Morris Minor Again, so going back Again. to what you said last week about Peter Jackson liking his Morris Miners, um, there's quite a few in this film, actually, in the background, sort of driving around, I noticed. So this is where we first meet. I think the girl's called Paquita, isn't she? And she's in her shop. And yeah. the guy comes in. I think it's, is it Roger, the guy? I'm not sure if that's his name, but he comes in and she obviously, she's got a thing for him. And he's not particularly interested. She's really flirting with him, isn't she? She's quite an attractive girl as well, and he just pretty much fucks her off, doesn't he? He's like, nah, bollocks, I can't be arsed. Um, so then she, she gets, I'm assuming it's her grandma, to do a reading for her, like um, a tarot reading or whatever. And the granny tells Paquita that she's um, destined to be with one man, isn't it? And she thinks it's this Roger guy at this point, I believe. She's getting quite quite into this Roger guy, isn't she? Yeah, but like you say, he's not really into her because like, he comes in and he's like obviously a, a doctor. Or he's well-to-do. He's got a good mm. job. I, sp- I suppose you'd call him handsome. He's made to look that way, isn't he? And like, she takes her cardigan off and has like a nice little flowery dress in that. And he just, like you say, completely mugs her off. Her but, up, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the granny tells her in this reading that she'll recognise him by the symbol of the star and the moon. Um, and then the granny kind of sees something else and she gets a bit flustered and Paquita asks her what it is, but she won't tell her. So there, there's obviously some something bad that she sees in the tarot cards, which will obviously come to light as the film rolls on, really. Yeah, so then um, shortly after that, a the bell rings so she goes out into a shop and then we meet old Lionel don't we who's just kind of the star of the show he's the main character played by Timothy Balm who hasn't been in much to note of other than this movie really no just before you say that the the girl who plays Paquita Diana Panalva I think her name is she is Spanish she's been in shit loads of things um, mainly Spanish like programs and films she's actually still filming stuff now so she's still doing so I think she's about 61 now so yeah, she's yeah, still play. she's still doing shit. I thought she looked a bit like Antonio Banderas randomly. <laughs> she's quite attractive though, in a, in a roundabout sort of way. You know what I mean? I remember thinking she was pretty attractive when I first saw this when I was like a teenager. But then everyone's fucking attractive to you when you're a teenager, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> As um, Xander once said in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think he said, "I'm like, I'm a teenager. Linoleum gets me horny, or something like that." And I've always liked that line. <laughs> Yeah, he's not wrong, is he? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, although Lionel comes in and he's a bit of a, a klutz, really. And again, it's similar to the acting that was in Bad Taste. He's really kind of, he's very slapstick, isn't it? He's quite kind of mm. like wacky, almost Laurel and Hardy style with his, his acting. He's not too bad, though. Like, he, he does it well. This Again, he's like, 
the only one who seems to act like this in this whole movie that everyone else seems like they're actually trying to put a bit of effort in. And he's like the only man who seems to know, or the only actor who seems to know what sort of movie he's really in. Yeah, he does play it really well, doesn't he? He's so over the top, but you kind of have to be in this sort of film, don't you? Yeah. And he comes in and he's like asking for his order and saying like, oh, my mum needs, like obviously this, that and the other. And can you put the biscuits to the top? He's being really sort of specific about his order, given to him that he's got a bit of an overbearing mother. And then he knocks loads of shit off the um, the counter. So, oh, Paquita comes back in to help him clear it up. And it just magically forms like <laughs> it would never happen. <laughs> but all these like licorices or plastic or whatever he's like knocked on just form this moon and star um, symbol that she saw on the tarot cards. Yeah, she, she obviously gets really excited about this and then realizes that, um, that Lionel's the, the man for her. So she sort of doesn't really make a move does she but she gets a bit flirtatious again and he just gets really scared and runs off and just nearly gets run over by a tram doesn't he that's a massive turnaround though isn't it because at first she looks at the start then looks at him and is like the fuck is it like this can't be right he's not like the handsome guy and then suddenly she's like smiling at him and giving him the eye and everything that's like bloody yeah that is a hell of a turnaround you're putting a lot of faith in these tarot cards right here yeah right and let's be honest like you know he's not going to do much better than there is he and he just buggers off (laughs) Yeah, nearly gets run over by one of those bloody trams as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Which is then, like, you can tell they're, well, it looks real at that point. So maybe they were real. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> he's he's not really into the whole uh, Paquita thing at that point, is he? No, he's not. He's just, You don't really know what his agenda is at this point as well. He comes across as, not in a bad way, but he comes across as a bit of a, a weirdo in like a, a kind of weird sort of fashion. Yeah, but we we kind of know why now, because we cut to him back at home. We meet his mum, and she probably treats him like a child, doesn't she? She's moaning about dust and stuff, and he's running around clearing up after her and just generally being like a child, even though he's probably in his, what, 20s or 30s, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Just um, th- I thought the mum was awesome in this. Like, obviously, she's she's not to be light. She's really overbearing and everything, but the woman who's playing her is pretty pretty awesome. She does a good job of it. Yeah, it's um, Elizabeth Moody is the name of the the woman who plays. Obviously, sadly, she's passed away now. Bearing in mind, this is good 30 years ago, and she was not young when she did this. She was actually in the extended edition of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Only the extended edition. She played Labelia or something. I don't know if that name Oh, Labelia Sackville-Baggins, yeah. Apparently, that was her, um, according oh, to fair. IMDB. I'm not a Lord of the Rings person, as you know, so I had no idea who that was, but I thought you'd probably know. Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't put two and two together. There. That's that's cool. I like that. Yeah, but she's really good in this, isn't she? And obviously she plays a massive part, as we'll find out as we go on. Um, so, they, um, so Paquita now turns up and she's bringing a delivery for Lionel's mum and she's got a dog with her. And um, she um, she kind of flirts with him again. And in the end, in a confused sort of way, they agree to go to the zoo the next day, don't they? They sort of arrange a date at this point. He's kind of... He's kind of seeing it a bit more in her now, and he's sort of his eyes light up a little bit, doesn't he? I think he's kind of realised that you know there's more to life than his bloody mother. Yeah, but his mother's not having any of it, is it? Um, no, she like she's makes, not she makes like doesn't like the fact that uh, um, a, a little boy might be uh, having interest from another woman, but she's certainly coming along and like putting on the heavy flirting and stuff. And he's like just stood there like a wet blanket, still completely <laughs> useless. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. So we now get to the, the point they're at the zoo. I'm assuming it's, I think it was the next day they arranged the date before. They're at the zoo and he has this weird flashback, doesn't he, about nearly drowning at the beach when he sees, I think it might be a penguin or some some water, doesn't he? And then 
Is this where he? I think this is where he tells Paquita that his dad tried to save him because he was nearly drowning once, but his dad actually drowned. I think this is the point where he tells her that story, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because this flashback kind of it came up, and I was like, actually, what's happening here? It might have been when I was looking down to do like write a few notes. Then I look mm. back up, and suddenly there was obviously this hand and stuff. I was like, what have I just missed here? Because this flashback just comes out of nowhere, and then like you say, she, he tells her the story that is that um, it's just him and his mother. And his mother's a bit overprotective because, like, he nearly drowned, and then his dad drowned trying to save him. So that kind of gives you that bit of backstory as why he's kind of in the situation he's in. He kind of feels his mum's are overbearing for that reason, and he feels like he can't sort of get away from her because it will leave her on her own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just saying there, like, putting your head down to write some notes, particularly towards the end of this film. I was trying to write notes. There's so much going on. I had to keep pausing it because it was just getting so full on, and I was like, I can't type quick enough. But yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Like the whole end <laughs> sequence, I know we'll get there, but it's about 40 minutes long, isn't it, pretty much? It just, when they're in that house and everything, the whole kind of end fight, if you want to call it that, just goes on and on and just yeah. loads of crazy shit happens. Again, it's yeah. probably just Peter Jackson thinking stuff up and be like, oh, we'll do that today, we'll do that today. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Um, so if we go back to the, the zoo part at the moment, we, we were jumping ahead of them, but the end is incredible, but let's not jump ahead too much. Um, so they sort of go to, to kiss, don't they, Paquita and Lionel at this point? So obviously he's completely changed his mind now from running away like 24 hours ago. And now he's like, oh, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. But this, <laughs> this monkey then just chucks an apple at him, I believe, at this point. And um, this is when we see the, uh, what's it called? The rat monkey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the fucking hell, this thing. It's like, it's, it's like stop motion, but it's kind of like Harry Harryhausen style, like Jason and the Argonauts stop stop motion type style. It's fucking, it's ridiculous. It actually looks pretty cool. I mean, I like practical effects. I was like, you know, I actually appreciate that they did that, but it looks fucking stupid at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it does. It is one of those sort of like, yeah, this is good, but it's fucking terrible at the same time. But obviously it's not pretending to be good, is it? I mean, it is completely ridiculous and it knows exactly what it's doing um you know the style of the film so the rat monkey just rips another monkey's arm off and starts eating it um and then this uh, this is i don't think the sound went a bit dodgy i might have to, sort of missed this but the zookeeper turns up doesn't he and he tells this story about the monkey and stuff and how like protected it is and how valuable it is and stuff i believe and then lionel's mum just turns up randomly she's sort of been spying on her hasn't she so she yeah, turns she's up in the background because again, yeah. she's not happy about this girl muscling in, taking her son away from her. <laughs> she turns up and the, the zombie monkey bites her, and she just fucking treads on it, doesn't she? And just crushes its head with her shoe. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all yeah. the like, the people at the zoo, or the the public, and are just watching, and she's just crushing this monkey's skull more and more of her bloody shoe, and its eyes and that are coming out, and blood's going everywhere. And like, obviously, the zoo keeps a little bit upset about this. <laughs> So then Lionel kind of takes his mum's side and goes home and just sort of leaves Paquita like high and dry, doesn't he? He does, yeah, because she's like acting like now like, oh, oh yeah, because Paquita steps in to try and help her, doesn't she? She's like, oh, I'll mm. wrap up your arm because she's been bitten on the arm. And she's like, oh, my arm, oh, my dress as well. It's all ruined and shit like that. And then she kind of shoves Paquita away. And then obviously Lionel steps in and sort of goes off. And then Paquita's just stood there looking like a fucking spare one at a wedding, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, Lionel at this point is always, always going to side with his mum, understandably, I guess. He's only just met this girl. So so now, now we cut back to Lionel and his mum's house and the nurse is there and like she's trying to patch up like Lionel's mum's arm. I don't actually know that. I don't know if she has a name, does she? Or is she just called mum throughout the film? I'm not sure if she's actually got a, a name as such. I don't know if you've got anything there. 
Um, Vera, her name is Vera. Oh, is it Vera is it? Yeah. oh yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, now 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 you come to mention it. Yeah, so the the nurse is trying to sort of patch her up, and she's like pretty pissed off with Lionel. It must be the next day. So I think she says, "How long has she been like this?" And Lionel's like, "Oh, since yesterday, if I remember rightly." Is that right? Yeah, that's it. So it is like like you say, the morning after, isn't it? And she's starting to look a bit bit crusty and a little bit worse for wear, isn't it? She's just in bed being a miserable bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's at this point as well, or it might have just been the scene before when we first introduced her. She's got a meeting, hasn't she, with the Women's um, Institute coming up or whatever it's called, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great scene we'll come to in a second. So Paquita comes back at this point and she sort of tries to get back with Lionel and he's not really interested, is he? And then she pulls a rose out and then they start kissing again. Um, so again, he kind of changes his tune and then... I believe they uh, they might even have a little bit of rumpy pumpy at this point because it sort of cuts to the evening, doesn't it? She's sneaked into his room and it sort of cuts between them in bed and then his mum's in her bed and she's not looking great at all at this point, is she? Yeah, she's not having a nightmare. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, because I don't wear high heels myself, but I don't know why I've, I, I brought this bit away from watching the movie. But she climbs up on his balcony, doesn't she? Like mm. um, Almost like she's like the reverse kind of like Rapunzel, Romeo, Juliet thing. It's like, how the hell does she climb up the side of that wearing those big high heels? I can't imagine they're the <laughs> easiest thing. I mean, I've known women before that complain about wearing high heels, and she's just like gone straight up the side of a fucking house like Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, fair play, that's dedication. This guy obviously should, you know, count his blessings. He's got a woman that dedicated to him. Yeah, I mean, going off on a slight tangent here, and this is not a sexist thing and just that I don't understand. Like, you see sometimes, I mean, I don't watch Strictly and things like that, but you see these women dancing on programmes like that, wearing high heels, and I'm like, how the fuck do you dance wearing those? I, I wouldn't, well, obviously I'm a man, but I wouldn't be able to walk in those things, and they're doing all these moves and stuff, so I guess when you know how to walk in them, then to walk in the park, excuse the pun. Yeah, yeah, fair play, I guess so, but I just remember seeing, I was like, she's wearing heels, how does she climb up? He hasn't even got mm. any, like, kind of, like, um, you know, like the kind of... um the mesh or anything like that or any of like the wooding stuff that you'd have like tomato vines growing up or anything like that on his balcony he's just it's just a wooden plank and that's so, so how have you gone up the side of that house in the first place yeah exactly <laughs> so um this is the bit where his his mum squeezes her arm in it and the pus shoots out and goes onto the mirror i believe just oh, this big fucking, fucking bit of pus just shoots out <laughs> yeah because these people knock on the door and he's like oh i'll send him away and she's like no annual meeting annual meeting <laughs> she sounds like the fucking woman from total recall like the whole two <laughs> weeks sort of person it's like yeah so he ends up like he ends up getting her dressed and these two people are fucking turned up to have a chat with her and they're eating eating dinner and she's sat there like fucking barely coherent isn't she she's like kind of like <laughs> turning into like this complete i don't know this mind melt of a person so they eat their dinner yeah. and then um the woman who's come to visit is like, oh, we should leave. And the husband's like, what? Without any pudding? So fucking Lionel brings out like four bowls of custard. <laughs> so they start eating this fucking custard, which looks gross anyway. And yeah, in Vera squeezes some on her arm and all this like pus and blood squirts across and lands in his custard like fucking jam. And he keeps <laughs> fucking eating it. Yeah, it's like everyone's faces are like, oh my God. And he's just tucking in, isn't he? It cuts back to him and he, he's oblivious to this pus in his custard. He's like, oh, this is lovely. And he's eating it. And then, yeah, then it's nice fucking... and creamy the way I like it. <laughs> yeah. And then a, a fucking ear falls off in her custard, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, this is one know, of the bits I really remember watching from when I was a kid and just thinking, but, I mean, I don't mind horror movies, but this is pus and stuff. <laughs> is just another level and it's fucking gruesome. They're all like sort of staring now in absolute horror and she eats her own ear, doesn't she? <laughs> 
the, the stupid thing is, though, is like the husband, like obviously he's eating his custard with the pus and blood and everything in it, and the wife sees it. So like, surely she'd be like, "No, don't eat that." But she just sits there, <laughs> pulling a <the> stupid face. <laughs> It, it, this is the bit as well, isn't it? Like you're saying about the annual meeting. When yeah. when Lionel's trying to get her to like not do this meeting, she's like, it's a W-L, W-L. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't a bit, a bit of a face flap off and he's sticking it back on with glue. <laughs> <laughs> she like scratches her face and a bit of skin just flaps down. He's got this glue and he's trying to stick it back on. <laughs> It's almost as bad as when he, you know, Peter Jackson loses his brains in the previous movie and then just straps his head back up. Yeah, I mean, this is mild compared to what comes, really, but it's kind of like a taster of, you know, all this shit that's about to kick off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is just the the taster and this is the aperitif as such. So (laughs) Paquita turns up at this point. The um, the WL people have pissed off. Paquita turns up. And she's telling Lionel that there's a great danger ahead and stuff. And she's got the dog with her. She had the dog in the, the scene we saw her when she first turned up at the house. She's got her dog with her. And then the dog disappears. And Lionel's like, oh, shit, you know, alarm bells are ringing a bit now. He kind of realises what's happened. So he goes upstairs and his mum's eating the fucking dog, isn't she? Yeah, and it's just that fucking reaction from Bikita. He's like, your mother ate my dog. And he's like, not all of it. The bed looks like a fucking murder scene. The mum's just like slumped on the floor next to the bed with like half a fucking dog hanging out of her mouth. It's just like yeah, fucking out. Like the, the tail's hanging out of her mouth and Lionel just pulls it out, doesn't he? Like the tail and it's just pretty much the dog's guts left. There's none of, none of its actual body or fur or anything, is there? <laughs> I've, got to t- I've got to jump in here though. It's like, again, these are stupid effects, but they're pretty good spe- um, practical effects, aren't they? Like, the way they set that whole dummy yeah. up for him to be able to pull it out of her mouth and shit. I mean, it, it looks pretty impressive. It's up there with things like Evil Dead and even elements of it later on. They're kind of like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing mm. um, yeah. in places. But some of it, it's over the top and it's fucking ridiculous, but it's actually not terrible. Yeah, no, it's, it's not bad at all, actually. No, definitely. You can tell, obviously, like we said at the start, there's definitely a, a much bigger budget for this one. So mum's completely lost the fucking plot now and she attacks Paquita. Um, so Lionel drags her off and then they both just fall down the stairs, don't they, at this point? <laughs> and then we we get Nurse McTavish comes back and she now wants to call an ambulance because, you know, old Vera's not looking good at all, is she? By now, she's looking pretty damn rough and she's not talking right and she's all over the shop. And then she just sort of dies, doesn't she? She does, yeah, she just literally croaks it on the spot with like no no ceremony or build up. It's just literally like it's almost like you could just cross her eyes off and that's it, she's done. Yeah, now I'm a bit sketchy on what happens next here. Mum just comes back as a, as a zombie pretty much straight away, doesn't she? And then just rips the nurse's head off at this point. If I well, that's it, yeah, yeah, because the nurse is there and she's like saying, Oh, we need to check on your mum. And then she kind of turns her back to Vera and is looking at um Lionel. Then the mum, like, stands up, and then, like, from behind, I mean, this looks pretty, again, pretty damn brutal and not too shabby. But she, like, shoves her fingers, like, through her cheeks, isn't she? And she's, like, pulling yeah. her mouth open, and then she just rips her head back off and doesn't pull her head clean off, but it's kind of just flapping away, like, nearly headless Nick. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, sort of like, Jesus half, Christ. Top half of her head just falls backwards, doesn't it? So it's sort of split in two. And then we've got the archers start playing on the radio randomly, and Paquita's upstairs getting stuff ready for Vera to go to hospital. She doesn't know, like, she's croaked it at this point. So that's um, 
kind of playing in the background. And it's like a comedy scene now, isn't it? You've got bloody Vera, the nurse, and Lionel all sort of beating each other up while the archers is playing. Yeah, and I swear, it might have been this bit, or it might be a little bit later on, but I thought for a moment, and again, it might be because I took my eyes off the screen just to write a few bits down. But I swear, correct me if it's not quite here, but he's backing away, and his mum's kind of like coming up to try and kill him, basically. And there's something playing on the TV, but I thought the dub had gone wrong because it's like, easy, mother, you're looking really nice tonight or something like that, or you're looking very well. But his mouth wasn't moving, and I was like, is that a dub that's gone wrong, or is it just, if it turns out, I think it was the TV in the background was supposed to be playing over the top. I don't know if you caught up to any of that. I'm not sure. I know there's definitely a bit where there is some clear dubbing, and I didn't actually put it in my notes, so it may well have been this bit, but there was one bit when I watched it last night, and I thought that's definitely been overdubbed his mouth's not even moving it's like kind of like a behind shot but slightly to the side and you can tell he's not talking so i don't know if it is this bit but there there definitely is a bit where that happens yeah definitely but this is quite funny this bit as well because the zombie nurse is attacking and he picks up one of those bloody ceramic ducks doesn't he and lobs it into her head (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's always a way with like these zombie movies as soon as someone turns to a zombie their skin is just like completely rubbery it's like, how come everything just goes through them completely nice and easy when they're like suddenly a zombie? She's only been a zombie for like 10 seconds at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. Um, so then he kind of um, he pushes the nurse and the, the, uh, his mum into the basement and shuts the door and tells um, Paquita that, that his mum's gone to hospital and she's going to have to stay in overnight. But obviously she's um, down in the basement with the nurse being a bit of a zombie. So then he he goes to like this vet, doesn't he? This fucking weird like guy. He's very strange. He's like he? a weird fucking German, isn't he? He's like a fucking like a Nazi torture or experiment <laughs> bloke. He's really bloody sketchy. Like if I took my cat to the vet and this dude was there, I'd be like, "Now nah, you're right." Because <laughs> I I was I was typing. And I looked up and he was in the room with this guy, and I thought, Who, "Who's he? Where's he?" I had to rewind it, and you see him outside, and it says "vet," doesn't it? As he goes in. But yeah, this guy does not look like any vet I've ever seen. Um, yeah, he looks like fucking Dr. Frankenstein, and he's got a really like over the top German accent. It's kind of like, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't even know what that sounded like, but probably not German, but it's really stupid. Well, it, well yeah. <laughs> so he, he tells the vet that he wants to buy some sedatives. So the vet says no, but he's got tranquilizers. So he gives him these tranquilizers. And then we cut to Lionel, and he's gone down into the basement where his mum and the nurse are. And he's wearing, like, cricket pads and, like, random sort of stuff to protect himself. And he just sort of a hat and I can't remember what else he's got on, but just random sort of clothes you'd find lying around, all padded up to try and protect himself from the two zombies. Yeah, it's just... I don't don't know what he's supposed to be doing here, but I don't know why their basement is so fucking creepy looking. It's like, why is that (laughs) suddenly, just because these two are zombies, your basement now looks like the fucking crypt or something like that. You're going to find a crypt keeper down there. Like tales from yeah. the crypt or something. It's just really the way it's lit, the way it looks. It just looks fucking horrible. And it's like, why would your basement suddenly just be like that when a zombie's been in it for five minutes? Yeah, it's a bit convenient, isn't it? Um, but the nurse attacks him at this point, and he shoves the needle with the tranquilizer um, into her eye, and then he shoves it up his mum's nose, doesn't he? <laughs> he does it. He always does it up the nose. I injects yeah. it like several times, and every time it's always out the fucking uter. Yeah, every time, isn't it? It's always up the nose. It's almost like he has to put it up her nose, even though sometimes there's easier places to put it. It's like, no, I'm going to stick it up her nose. And also, I'm not sure if you see him ever fill the uh, syringe up, but it never seems to run out, does it? 
no, yeah, you're right. Because later on, we get a shot of the actual bottle, which mm. leads us to something else. But yeah, you never actually see him filling it up. It's just like it's, you know, unlimited ammo or something. Yeah. So he's now knocked the two zombies out and he's obviously, what the hell's going on? So he goes to see Paquita in her shop and he's asking her about these dark forces she warned him about earlier. Um, but if I remember rightly, she doesn't really tell him much, if anything at all at this point, does she? No, because I remember a little bit hazy here, because again, I think I was writing, but we see another shot of Paquita's mum, don't we? The one who did the tarot reading and she's yeah. looking at something else again. Um, and then he comes into the shop and then, like you say, she's pretty vague on whatever the prophecy is or what he's asking for. But then his bloody mum comes chasing him. And she, she's like, <laughs> comes like charging down the street and gets hit by a fucking tram. Yeah. Comes bursting through the window and slides along the floor. And then he just looks at her, looks at Paquita and he's like, oh, I guess they discharged her early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the point actually where it's quite important. This I just noticed in my notes. The Paquita's mum or gran, whoever she is, she gives um, Lionel like a pendant, doesn't she? Like a big thing, says to keep it with him at all times. It's going to bring him luck. So yeah, which obviously that, that plays it's a part. It's in the shape of that on. moon and star, isn't mm. it? That yes, same it thing that was on the card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's quite funny when she gets hit by the tram and he sticks the syringe up her nose again at this point. Which is, uh, yeah, like an ongoing thing. So we now cut to the funeral for his mum. Obviously, everyone now thinks she's dead. And we get introduced to um, Les, which is Lionel's uncle. He's a real sleazeball, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's, he's, he gets worse. He, I, he's actually quite a funny character. Like, yeah, he is. There are some classic bits of him, but he's such a... Oh, he is horrible, isn't he? You, you wouldn't yeah. ever... He's not the sort of uncle you'd want to have. Ian Watkin, uh, who played him, yeah, I think it right. might be his only role. Well, I've got here... Let me have a look. Ian Watkin, he was in Attack of the Clones as um, C002182, but he's uncredited. So obviously it was a droid or something he played, apparently. So, yeah, but I didn't couldn't find much else for him. But I think he plays this part really well because he's a real sleazy scumbag, isn't he? And he does play it pretty good. He, is. he reminds me a little bit of um, Jumbo from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's a couple of things I thought. Do you remember um, Heidi High, like going back to the 80s now? And there was um, the comedian Ted, um, one of the main characters in Heidi High. He wasn't a sleazy, scum- sleazy scumbag at all. He's actually a really good character. But just the way he looked with that Teddy boy sort of hair just reminded me of him a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... I know you're on about now. Yeah, and he also looks mm. a little bit like Fat Bastard from Adam, um, Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point at the funeral, he, he's trying to chat up Paquita because she's there. No sign of Lionel, but he's trying to chat her up. Um, but then it cuts to the embalming room, doesn't it? And this is where we see Peter Jackson again. Um, yeah, with a really weird looking like, um, yeah, because it's like the sort of mortuary sort of area and that. And, and the guy, I assume he's the undertaker, but he's looks like fucking Governor Tarkin, doesn't he? Such a sketchy-looking geezer. <laughs> yeah, he is. And um, this is where all that green liquid, I don't know if it's the embalming fluid or whatever, just starts pissing out of his mum everywhere, doesn't it? And then um, the embalming guy, whatever he is, the undertaker, just their eyes have sort of come out. He just pushes them back into the sockets. See, I felt like the movie jumped around a little bit here because, like you say, you've got the start of the funeral. Mm. You've got old Herbie Les trying to fucking, you know, feel up poor Paquita, he's there going, oh yeah, I'm I'm Lionel's uncle and all that sort of stuff and he's trying to like, you know, near enough like fucking grope her in the middle of like this fucking graveyard full of people and then it's kind of cut into the priest, who we'll spend a bit of time with later on, Father Magruder I think his name is and he's like, where's Lionel? Because we got to bury his mum, I'll put his mum to rest 
And it mm. kind of doesn't explain that why Lionel isn't there. You know, like no. you say, it cuts down to like, um, it shows a shot of Lionel like panicking. I don't know where he's supposed to be, but he's like sweating and going all wonky. Then it cuts to like the mortuary where like all the green goo comes out and they just push her eyeballs back in. But the next thing you know, she's in a coffin and he's unscrewing it, trying to open it, isn't it? And it just kind of jumps between these kind of segments. Yeah, it does a bit. It even jumps to the funeral as such, doesn't it? Because you see, obviously, his mum nearly get hit by the tram or whatever and like he puts a syringe up her nose and it just cuts straight to the funeral. So there's no yeah, real... It doesn't even declare of... that she's dead or anything. No, no, and that confused me. But whether, because we watched one of the cut versions, like you say, there's so many different running times, maybe there's something cut out there because it didn't really flow properly into the funeral, I thought. I mean, this film, you know, it's all over the bloody place anyway, but that was one bit where it didn't really make a lot of sense, the, the scene jumps, did it? Yeah, exactly. You just got to kind of... And I think it didn't help because I was, again, trying to sort of write and type at the yeah, same, same time. But it mainly, the, only, the main takeaway from that is obviously the big, <laughs> the bit where she just randomly starts exploding for no reason. And then they push <laughs> her eyes back in. And obviously then we get introduced to, um, obviously the introduction of Les, who becomes quite an important character kind of from now onwards, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, so at this point, his mum's arm comes out of the coffin and she tries to attack Lionel. <laughs> I've got he yeah he gets a syringe back up her nose but then they they crash through like a stained glass window and in a window and into the actual funeral service don't they? Yeah, yeah. Because the father, he's there like giving his speech and everything and they come like bursting through like all dramatically and everyone obviously gasps and is like what the what the hell is going on here? Yeah. So Lionel then tells Paquita basically he wants to be left alone and you know he's got things to do and stuff using his mother's death and in inverted commas is the excuse I guess to sort of have some alone time because you know there's some pretty crazy shit going on in his life at the moment he probably doesn't need the hassle of a relationship getting in the way as well so at this point um, we're getting to sort of one of the most full on parts of the film I'd say just before it kicks off a little bit Lionel kind of tells Les that he's the sole beneficiary to obviously his mum's estate and everything so Les starts getting a bit excited here. You see his eyes light up and he wants to muscle in on this because that house must be worth a fair bit. It's pretty bloody big, isn't it? Even though it's got a gruesome basement. I, I was thinking that. Like, when I looked at that, um, obviously they did the shot. And then when he, when you first see the shot of like, the plane coming in and you get introduced to Lionel, then it does shoot across town to his house. I was like, fuck me, that's a massive house just for those two. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, his dad or what his mum used to do for a living back in the day, and he doesn't look like he works a particularly amazing job or anything, but they've got a massive house. Yeah, they have. Um, I don't think Lionel, well, I don't know what Lionel does, you don't ever really see, do you? He's just too busy sort of being a dick. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're supposed not to, obviously you need a house that big to shoot the sequence we're going to get a little bit later on, but it's almost <laughs> as bad as like the bloody McAllister's in Home Alone, isn't it? It's like, how come yeah. he lives in like, a fucking mansion? What does he do for a living? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're getting to one of the, I think one of the funniest sort of scenes in the film now. Lionel's yeah. trying to <laughs> dig up his mum um, from her grave and he gets attacked by a gang. I mean, I don't know how you describe them. They're kind of, I don't know. Greasers, aren't greasers, they? Greasers, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> one of them starts pissing on his mum's grave and she just, her hand comes up and she just grabs him by his dick, doesn't she? And just pulls him down. <laughs> you don't actually see, you just see sort of from the back between his legs, but she pulls him onto the grave and then he's, it, she's obviously pulling him in. It looks like he's fucking the grave, doesn't it? There's blood going everywhere. Yeah, it's like literally someone's just got like a fucking hose pipe underneath him and there's blood spraying every which way. I, I just got to say as well, it's like, he, like he's obviously come running to the, the funeral, tried to open the... Um, 
the coffin, obviously, and do something. And now he's like coming and digging her up and that. But again, I think we we missed something of why why he knows he has to do this, or because he's got yeah. that um that necklace, that obviously that pendant that the um his missus's granny or whatever gave him. It's like mm. we didn't actually see him get told that yes, if you want to, you know, if there's some kind of ritual, you now if you stab the cursed people with this, it will end them forever. But he just suddenly seems to be on that path, doesn't he? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, again, it could be a bit that was cut out or it could just be the fact that we're just supposed to piece the, the bits together ourselves because, let's be honest, I mean, there's a bit more of a plot in this than there was in uh, Bad Taste, but it's still quite loose, isn't it? It wouldn't be hard, would it? But I, and also, that that greaser who's pissing on um, pissing on the grave, I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, I've just been on the tint on my um, my monitor that I was watching on, but his piss is like fucking orange. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I know maybe he's had like a really sugary diet, but it's like he's got this really over the. He's obviously not really pissing. I know it's special effect, yeah. um, or orange juice or whatever. But yeah, I'm just thinking, man, you, you need to go to a doctor about that shit. <laughs> I didn't notice, to be honest, but yeah, I'm sure it probably <laughs> was. Maybe it's Lucasade or something they use for it. <laughs> maybe. So this is where we get introduced to the vicar again. I can't remember. You said what his name was. I can't remember what his name is. Oh, fucking Father Magruder. When, yeah. when he first appears at the funeral, I thought, oh, this guy's going to be annoying, but this is where he turns out to be one of the best characters. <laughs> this this whole scene now, he just starts kicking ass, doesn't he, with some like badass karate moves, obviously in a really over-the-top sort of way. <laughs> the one where he rips that one's arm off, and then he roundhouses him and just chops him in half, doesn't he? He does, yeah, because the guy who gets, obviously, his cock pulled off, and then obviously he and he turns into a zombie like really really quickly, mm. and then he kills like, all his greaser buddies as well. And like Lionel's running away, and suddenly the priest like hears the commotion. He looks out his window and puts his big grin on his face like he's fucking Batman or something. Then he just appears <laughs> on top of this massive thing, and he's like, "Don't worry, son, I kick ass for the Lord." And he just jumps down and turns <laughs> into like fucking Chuck Norris. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because it's so tongue in cheek the whole karate scene and stuff, where he's like just kicking this guy about 50 times in the head just repeatedly and it's just well it's hilarious and then because doesn't he like meet his end because he like kicks someone and their head goes flying into the air then it lands and bites him on the fucking shoulder yeah the, the guy he's just chopped him off with the roundhouse he kicks his head off and it goes right up in the air and you see it coming down it lands on his shoulder and bites him so then he goes to launch himself at another one, doesn't he? he? runs towards another one and goes to jump, but he misses and just gets impaled on this statue with like a middle finger poking up through him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a bit of a um a, a, a floppy ending because I really liked him. I was like, oh man, we can need to keep this guy going for the rest of the movie. Well, obviously he, he does have more to do in the movie, but yeah, I know. Well, yeah, mean, but... from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but th- th- that whole fight scene I thought was brilliant. It's just so stupid. But I mean, you know, keeping in with the tone of the rest of the film, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. And then we kind of move on, and suddenly, like, Lionel's gathered up these zombies and he's got them back at his house, hasn't he? He's just got them sat around the dinner table feeding him. <laughs> yeah, he's feeding them. He's got the nurse, his mum, the vicar now, and the, the greaser as well is there randomly. And, like, he's trying to feed them, and the nurse's head flaps open, and all the whatever he's trying to feed comes out of the bloody hole in her head and he's trying to put it back in and then the vicar tries it on with the nurse doesn't he <laughs> and they're yeah. kissing and he, he tries to pull them apart and the bloody is, is it the nurse the nurse's or the vicar's mouth comes off doesn't it as he's pulling them apart well it's the nurse isn't it because her head got yanked off earlier yeah. near enough by his mum but her head's like hanging backwards so he just starts spooning food down her fucking <laughs> neck hole doesn't he to feed her and then I swear the greaser goes to eat something and he puts a spoon through the back of his own head or something it's just yes. like 
year. That was just getting ridiculous. But that bit, there's one particular, um, someone eats something, I think it's his mum, and it comes out of her neck hole. And you remember the movie Idle Hands? I swear there's a yeah. scene in that where a guy gets his head off and he, then he's eating a Hot Pocket later and it all comes out yeah. of his throat. And I wonder if that was like an Idle Hands, if that was a reference to this movie. Oh, yeah, it might be. That's a good film, actually. That's what we should do, Idle Hands. I haven't seen that for years. Isn't Jessica Alba in that? It was her first yeah, film or is. something. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's actually a really good film, from what I remember. It is. I haven't seen it for a while, but yeah, I just we, remember that we need scene. To get on that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that, that he's just randomly feeding them. It's so bloody stupid. Um, and at this point, I think um, Paquita and Lionel kind of split up, don't they? He, he says it was all a mistake and um, it, it's game over pretty much. She, I think she turns up at the house at this point. I could be wrong. Yeah, I know they, I think they split up because I think here um, the uncle turns up, doesn't he? So he like shuts the door because you've got the zombie priest and the zombie nurse and they keep trying to get it on. And then the bloody, the uncle turns up at the door throwing his weight around trying to muscle in. And then he is, <laughs> the bloody, you can hear like the zombie priest and nurse shagging in the other room and that. And he's like, well, what's going on in there then? You know, you haven't, yeah. bit of fun in the house and stuff and it's just like Lionel's trying to get rid of him he's trying to muscle in because he thinks he's missing out on a bit of a fucking orgy and there's these two zombies shagging in the bloody dining room yeah because he tells he says to his uncle he goes oh yeah it's the pipes he's like that's not the pipes and he thinks um he's watching his his dad's um old porn doesn't he he's that's like it, yeah he's like yeah you're watching your dad's stag collection or something he's like that's the one with the donkey or something like that because <laughs> these two zombies are going at it in the kitchen. Yeah, this is the point now where um, I think it cuts to Paquita and Lionel out there. Sort of, they might well be in the street or something. And he basically tells her it was all a mistake and goodbye at that point, doesn't he? And this is just after the the bit where Les muscles in again. Yeah, because he's got these zombies at his house, isn't he? And he's starting to look a bit dishevelled, old Lionel, like unclean shaven. He's starting to look like he hasn't washed in ages, hmm. and he's keeping the um the zombies like his little posse down in the basement at the moment and then we see the nurse who's obviously been bonked by the vicar her belly's starting to grow isn't it and obviously <laughs> indicating that she's got a like a baby inside her and then in the blink of an eye because that's the thing about this movie like as soon as they're bitten they pretty much turn straight away like the the cycle of zombieism is pretty quick in this so suddenly she's pregnant and gives birth to this fucking zombie baby that's hiding in a bloody radio he, like, he goes to this old school wooden radio, doesn't he? And then the fucking baby's hand comes out and there's just a baby inside the radio. Oh, that fucking baby. It looks like Martin Clunes, this fucking thing. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I knew it reminded me of something. <laughs> oh. It's fucking weird. It's kind of a mixture of prosthetic um, sort of animatronics and there's scenes as well where it's got to be like, you know, like a, a little person in an outfit, isn't it, running around as well, kind of like, oh, God, or a Davy style or something. <laughs> yeah, so he's now, he's got this baby and he's got it in a pram and he takes it to the park like he would, this bloody zombie baby. But oh, There's never seen, I remember, from watching it back in the day as well. <laughs> the, the pram's got like barbed wire like to stop the baby getting out, hasn't it? And you can't really see in it, it's got like one of those hoods so you can't see into the pram and there's barbed wire stopping it getting out. But and sort of he's in the park and everything, and the pram just rolls off and the baby flies out and just starts bouncing around, doesn't it? <laughs> this is this is where this actor, um, old Timothy Barm, who plays Lionel, goes full-on slapstick. I mean, this is mm. like Ash Williams. It's almost Jim Carrey quality, isn't it? He's like, the way he's walking, 
and there's no need for him to be doing this, but he's kind of doing it. He's obviously supposed to be nervous that he's got a zombie baby in his pram. Why are you taking to the park in the first place? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. He's walking around and he's like all over the place like he's drunk. He's nearly hitting everyone. And when the baby comes out, it just starts fucking... Someone rides a bike into it, doesn't it? And it like yeah. flips over and then he tries to eat them. Then he, the baby crawls along and tries to eat this little girl. So Lionel picks it up, and then he just starts fucking battering it against the pole of like the swings, doesn't he? Like, yeah, and just does. fucking whacking it against the floor. Yeah, he starts whacking it on, like you say, the swing frame, and then he whacks it with the swing, and it just shoves it in like a drawstring bag, doesn't he? And everyone's looking at him, and he's like, he just looks at him, and goes hyperactive. <laughs> yeah, why, why wouldn't anyone be like, why? He's got this kick. Obviously, they hadn't spotted that it's obviously an evil Martin Clunes. Miniature or anything like that, and all these people are just sat on the bench, going, "Oh, that's horrible!" And he's like, literally, fucking swinging this thing like he's trying to put out a bloody fire with it or something. And like, yeah. say, so shoves it into a bag, and no one's like concerned about this kid. Yeah, and um, there's one bit like it cuts now, and um, Paquita just in the scene before the um, the pram and the baby bit, I think um, she goes off with this other guy, doesn't she? I think is it the Roger guy that we saw at the start because she goes off with another guy, and I couldn't remember if it was him again or not, or whether it was another random bloke who also had a Morris Minor, by the way. <laughs> I have to keep track of all these Morris Miners, but yeah, yeah I, I remember that because as he's leaving the park with his baby wrapped up in a bag, he sees them again, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And they kind of make eye contact as they walk past. Yeah, doesn't um, this dude punch him at some point as well? Yeah, he does. I think it's just before that when Paquita, he, he rocks up when uh, Lionel's talking to Paquita and sort of breaking it off, and he gets out the Morris Minor and punches Lionel. I think so. Yeah, he does. He does punch him. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a twat actually, isn't he? He yeah, is a proper snidey bastard as well. But um, he gets it. He gets his comeuppance later on. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just looking where we're up to now. Um, so we're getting so, to the part now, I think, where the, the uncle's like, arranged a party at the house, hasn't he, near enough? Yeah, he has. Yeah, so he, Lionel goes home and he sees that the basement's open. He's like, oh, fucking hell. Um, and then he goes down and the zombies are still in, in the basement. But then Les has turned up and he, he's seen the zombies. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here, basically? And he wants to report it. So he, he, he calls the old Bill, doesn't he? And he's talking to them. Um, and at this point, Lionel just chucks the baby in the basement, doesn't he? It's still in that drawstring bag and he just lobs it down the stairs into the basement. <laughs> um, so Les calls the police and says he wants to report multiple murders. And just as the police officer gets on the phone, he blackmails um, Lionel with the um, the will, obviously, of his mum. Says, you know, give me, the, give me everything, then I, I won't say anything. So he's kind of blackmailed Lionel now. He thinks he's got the house. So this is when he arranges a party, like pretty much cuts to all of Les's mates turn up with beers and shit and everything. There's loads of them in there. Again, like you said, this is why the house needed to be big really to stage the sort of the bit that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. It just seems to be like every, like you say, loads of Les's friends, but also all the people from like the local shops we've kind of seen all the extras in the movie basically. And even a bit later on, old, um, Akita and Roger, isn't it? They turn up, and I don't know why they'd be on the invitation list, but they turn up as guests at some point. Um, but yeah, just suddenly it's like everyone in the town just happens to end up in this bloody house. Yeah, I mean, Akita and Roger, they're walking past the house, coincidentally. I mean, I don't know how big this place is where it's set, and they see some of the people out on the balcony. So I think that's how they get to the party. I think they just kind of invite themselves because they see what's going on. I mean, it doesn't look like an invite-only party, does it? Everyone's there, like you say. Yeah, because um, 
when they come in, like the uncle, once again, he's properly perving up on old Pakita, and he's like becomes really rapey. Yeah, he does. Um, she she knocks his wig off at this point. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, you fucking foreign bitch or something like that and starts chasing her. It's like, dude, take her fucking in. Leave her alone. Yeah, he does. He gets really leery with her, doesn't he? I mean, obviously, he's had his wig knocked off, so he's not happy. But, um, yeah, he, he sort of turns. I mean, he's like a leery little bastard anyway, isn't he? But, yeah, so we, we've got um, Paquita is in the basement now. I'm not quite sure how she gets there. I don't know if it's because Les is chasing her and she runs down there. I can't remember. But she gets attacked, and like Lionel just sticks a rake in one of the zombies' heads, doesn't he? He does, yeah, yeah. She ends up down there, and they end up having like, like I say, he gets a rake in the head. Now they manage to kind of dispatch the zombies, so to speak, and then they just sat there kind of hugging, aren't they? And he, I suppose, <laughs> this is the point. You know, he kind of tells her what's really happened and stuff, and now she understands why he was trying to push her away. So they kind of rekindle, but there's parties going on upstairs of old fucking rapey Uncle Les. And they're just sat down there, like, covered in blood and slime with loads yeah. of, like, dead zombies around them. This is where my sound cut out. I don't know about yourself. They're, they're, they're talking at this point, and uh, there's a good minute, two minutes with no sound. So I missed all the dialogue. I don't know if you had the same problem there. I did, yeah. I mean, that's why I sort of, like, I kind of just assumed this is where he would tell her what's happened yeah. and sort of kind of put two and two together, basically, based on, you know, yeah, the obvious. She... She gets a conveniently placed like jar of poison off the shelf, which is conveniently again marked poison, <laughs> and gives it to him and says basically, you know, from what I can tell with no sound, you're gonna have to kill these zombies. Whether poison would kill a zombie, I don't know. But anyway, um again, he then puts the poison in a syringe up his mum's nose. So the old sticking the syringe up his mum's nose thing carries on at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, and then he like kisses her as well, doesn't he? <laughs> After he's yeah, injected, he it's like, and she's like as <laughs> haggard as you can fucking, you can imagine, isn't she? At this point, yeah. But now we think all the zombies are dead. I, I use the term "dead" loosely because zombies are dead in the first place. But it looks like they're kind of out of the way. But um, shit really starts hitting the fan now, doesn't it? It is just like like I alluded to earlier, sort of getting ahead of myself because. <laughs> If you haven't seen this film, as I imagine you've at least heard of it if you're listening to this podcast, like this this entire next kind of like 30, 40 minutes, roughly, it's just fucking insane. I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. Now, I can't actually, even though I haven't seen this film for a while, it all sort of came flooded back to me, like how ridiculous this entire sequence is. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts, isn't it? I texted you this morning and just said, fucking nuts, this film. I can't see anything else about it. So we got, we got Les again perving on Paquita at this point. And he chucks old Lionel down in the basement and drags her off. And then the zombies that we thought were dead, again, use the term loosely, the the sort of original ones, all burst out of the floor. They're like super zombies almost at this point, aren't they? Yeah, this is like a proper kind of like evil dead Ghostbuster type thing. Mm. They burst out with like, you know, almost like they need like a fucking music video going on, don't they? <laughs> like thrillers about the kick in or something. They burst out and have this all... Loads of light coming from under the ground for one reason or another, obviously just for movie effect. But yeah, this is um, they burst out and then literally it turns into a complete bloodbath. Yeah, I mean Lionel tries to get out of the basement and um, the guy, a guy at the party, lets him out and then the zombie just rips his rib cage out and then it's just it's absolutely full on from this point. One guy, there's just zombies everywhere. There, one guy gets his face completely ripped off and you just sort of see. It's like Indiana Jones sort of style, isn't it? But it does actually look a lot better. It does, yeah. And it's it's kind of like a like a Night of the Living Dead thing. So they're all just stuck in this house with like this zombie kind of attack going on. But it's hard to really 
describe, I mean, we could literally break down every sequence here, but this is basically a section of the movie that's just full of so many, like, ridiculously over the top, and some of them look really brutal as well, but yeah, loads of, like, really gnarly kills. Like, one that comes a little bit later on, just sort of jumping ahead, is, like, one of um Paquita's friends gets bitten, and then the baby kind of, like, rips her face open and pushes its mm. own face through it, and is, like, kind of, like, controlling her, isn't it? And then one woman gets, like, a bloody light, shoved down through that, the top of her head then hung by the bloody cable that light bulb one though a face lights up doesn't it it did make me laugh yeah, <laughs> you've got to give it to old uncle les here though he goes out with a bang doesn't he because he, oh, he feels does. like there's a scene where it's just focused on him and he's like just waving these two carving knives around and like you imagine all these zombies coming towards him then it cuts away and he's got like this stack of just fucking limbs in front of him he's like yeah i'm gonna get you bastards and all this shit. yeah he's going mad isn't he? and we get um I think it's Les's mum as well. Um, not Les. Lionel's mum tries to attack him, and Paquita like stabs her hand because she shoves her hand for a door and grabs him. And Paquita's stabbing the scissors into his mum's wrist, and her hand comes off, doesn't it? Yeah. Then we go. We get Les in a room with the vicar, and he starts pulling his teeth out with pliers. It's fucking that bit was like, oh, I don't like that. That's horrible. Yeah, there's that's, that's one bit as well that I thought looked really, really good. I can't remember which character it was. But a guy with glasses, like, he gets his head taken off, but, like, from the top part of his jaw, mm. doesn't he? So he's just, like, his top part of his jaw upwards is just rolling around the, the floor. They keep yeah. kicking it and getting it they knocked do. like it's a bloody hockey puck. But And then they end up putting it in, like, a fucking blender or something like that and, like, blending him down. But I swear that's got to be that guy doing that because the eye movement and everything was really good. So, yeah, like, was, was he, little... like, under the floor or something and just biting, like, a bit of... Pretend floor, but it actually looks spot on. Yeah, it does because, like I say, they're kicking it around and his head's sliding about a bit and bouncing off the walls and stuff like like a hockey hockey puck almost. Yeah, it's really good that bit. I mean, there's just so many brutal deaths in this. I mean, it's so over the top and it's comical. The bit with the pliers is is quite gruesome. I thought the rest of it is just full on over the top, just gore and blood. There's so much blood, isn't there? Oh, it's ridiculous. Like this, you can see like where it is the bloodiest movie, but it all kind of like comes together well it doesn't it all falls apart but Lionel <laughs> comes in with a fucking lawnmower doesn't he and he like stands there and he gives that classic kind of like movie line it's like party's over then he like yeah. fires up this like fucking lawnmower and he's just running around the house like shredding all these fucking zombies and it's just <laughs> blood and limbs and fucking god knows what flying everywhere it just keeps going doesn't it he goes through one wave and then he turns around and goes back for another wave and there's a couple of points where you see the lawnmower blades aren't even moving I mean obviously it would get got jammed up a long time before it you know he stops because he takes out i don't know tens of these zombies doesn't he he does yeah and there's one bit as well like the lawnmowers like kind of it's upside down so it's just on the floor and like they just put like a zombie on it and it kind of just like gets chopped <laughs> down to size doesn't it? it just kind of like shrinks into this fucking lawnmower like it's a blender and it's kind of goes straight in yeah, and you've got the guy, one of the zombies rips himself in half and he kind of, half of him's going after Lionel. He's just sort of pulling himself along and his entrails are all hanging out, aren't they, as he's pulling himself along and he keeps sort of coming back and keeps attacking uh, Lionel. Yeah, and then a bit more of old Uncle Les because he's like, I can't remember what it is, like an old-fashioned clothes press or like an old colander, oh, isn't it? yeah. And he's yeah. putting the zombie through there and it's like kind of, all the fucking blood is coming out of this zombie's neck like a fucking tube of toothpaste because it's been squashed between this bloody thing. And then he, like, shouts to the women. He's like, that's why you, you need balls to do this, um, ladies. You know, only a man can do this. Then <laughs> the fucking Martin Clunes zombie comes running up and, like, kicks him in the bollocks with a number of zombie's leg, doesn't he? Just waving yeah. his fucking leg around. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's just so fucking stupid, isn't it? <laughs> just thinking yeah. about it, it's just there's just too much to describe. I was trying to make notes of everything. I was like that. It's just, I, like I say, I, I paused it a couple of times, but it's just there's so much happening, so much blood and so much splatter and gore. It's just fucking mental. It is. Yeah, I mean, I'd say you know, for anyone listening to this, like we can't do it justice of how ridiculous the sequence is, but. You go onto YouTube, just forward it until this part. It's like the last kind of 40 minutes-ish, yeah. sort of thereabouts. But um, it kind of starts, obviously, once the whole of the fucking zombies are dead, it's Les, isn't it? Don't you run down to the basement and, like, this massive, big, clawed hand comes out of the ground yeah. and kills him. That's how Les dies. Then you kind of get the impression that there's something more than just zombies going on. Yeah, and it's um, it's the mother, isn't it? Old Vera, who's now, like, massive. Yeah, she's like fucking huge. And like, she comes out of the ground and bloody hell. I mean, she looks fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's worse than that fucking thing at the end of Alien Resurrection. It's just this big, <laughs> bloated fucking big, saggy monster tits with these. She's got. <laughs> yeah, she's got tits <laughs> like fucking Zeppelin, doesn't she? It's like fucking hell. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Les's actual death, because it looks like um, the mother's killed Les, but then. He kind of turns up about a minute or two later. You got Paquita, she's in the kitchen, she's sticking things in the blender, like heads and bloody arms and stuff, blending them all up, isn't she? And her hair gets caught in it, she nearly gets dragged in, but she manages to pull herself out of the, the blender. And then Les turns up looking like something from the thing. His head's on like a big long sort of spine almost, isn't it? And he's all like flappy and shit. And um Paquita pulls his like head off with his spine still attached to it and she sort of swings it around a few times and just launches it into the kitchen counter and it just sort of explodes yeah because that's another bit i thought thought, again like you said there the thing that's what it reminded me of is um Mm. those sort of effects but we also see i don't know where this came from because again i was probably trying to write stuff down but somewhere during this battle lionel kind of finds a chest doesn't he and inside is is the skeleton like a dead body yeah that's been hidden but then somehow there's like these organs just chasing people around, isn't there? There's like this lung with like a stomach and yeah. that attached to it. And it's just like an, a mute, a thing of its own. It's, I don't know where it came from, but it's just fucking chasing everyone around and attacking them. And it's just a pair of lungs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, this this point here, like say when Lionel finds the, the chest with the skeleton in, that's actually his dad, isn't it? And it's all been covered up. His dad was having an affair. So his mum actually murdered his dad and the woman he's having an affair with. So yeah, so the image he has together. of like, yeah, the image he has of his dad's sort of hand in the water is actually him being drowned in the bathtub, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it cuts to that, and then he's obviously put two and two together now, um, and realised his mum is a complete bitch, which you know he should have realised before, because even if he didn't know the fact she'd done that, she treats him like a piece of shit. Yeah, so old fucking Zeppelin tip mum monster thing. He was like fucking <laughs> huge. Um, they sort of like start chasing them and end up on the, the roof of the house. Old Lionel, Akita, and the mum is up there. And the mum can still talk at this point, even though she's like this big fucking grizzly monster and <laughs> that. And she like, um, what's she called, Akita? She's like, you whore or something. And like backhands her and knocks her off the house. But she obviously holds on to like the um, like the guttering, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. It's just like the, the mum is just so funny. And it's just those tits. Obviously, it's supposed to be funny, but they just look so stupid. These big tits hanging down. It looks like the worst fucking balloon animal attempt you've ever seen in your life. 
it's kind of like done with like loads of gore and blood and then fucking Lionel's on the roof and she hits it to make him lose his balance and he's sliding down and her fucking stomach splits open and she's like you'll never know love like your mother and sort of sucks him into her belly and shit <laughs> yeah and then she's trying to um, get old Paquita off the gutter and isn't she she's got these big claw things and she's trying to sort of get her hands to let go of the gutter in and then Lionel just kind of breaks out of the back of his mum with that pendant thing. He just sort of bursts out the back of her and blood and shit goes everywhere, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Just before he gets... like after, um, Her mum kind of hits Paquita and knocks her off. He he does that, another one of those kind of like movie quotes. It zooms in, but it's ridiculous. He's like, don't you touch her or something like that. Like trying <laughs> to sound like a tough guy. But yeah, out of the blue, he just stabs through her with his fucking pendant and it kind of defeats her pretty much yeah yeah it, i mean the house has caught fire as well and the way they get onto the roof they randomly climb up the chimney don't they they go into the fireplace and just climb up the chimney onto the roof because the house is catching fire and yeah the, the mother just sort of goes into the house as it's catching fire and then they just kind of i'm assuming it's supposed to be a power line or something they just sort of slide on a zip wire don't they down to the ground Bakita and lionel yeah, no idea what they're using to hold on to it with or anything like that about <laughs> cooking themselves. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the mother sort of gets defeated. They slide down. Then like the fire brigade and everything turn up and then it's pretty much ends, doesn't it? Like he, he's yeah. got the pendant and he throws it. I don't know where he throws it. It's just kind of into a bush or something. He's not exactly hiding it. And then they kiss and wander off and the credits start rolling. It's a really abrupt ending. Because we've just it had really like is. a 40 minute sequence of complete violence. I thought exactly the same thing. Like you say, they just have a little kiss sort of walk off into the distance, credits roll. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, they've left that house in absolute carnage. And yeah, okay, it's on fire, but I'm sure questions are going to be asked about the remains of about God knows how many people in it. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. And it's also like, they, when you break it down a bit more realistically, which I know this movie's not supposed <laughs> to be, but it's like, you've just faced unimaginable horrors like fucking zombies and monsters and fucking Zeppelin tits and all that shit. <laughs> and you kiss each other and start wandering off. Like, oh yeah, let's go. And we can probably catch Coronation Street if we're lucky. <laughs> oh, no, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. Like, that that would, well, you know, their, their lives are never going to be the same again, are they? For a start, like I say, they're going to be questioned about the fact there's about 100 dead bodies in the house at least. And they've just yeah. faced an absolute, you know, nightmare. But yeah, it is a really strange ending. But I mean, what a film, let's be honest. God, it's just, it's hard to describe, isn't it? I mean, we can't really do it justice talking about it. If people haven't seen it, you really need to take an hour and a half of your time and go on YouTube. And like Brad Rolf said, even if you just fast forward to the last 40 odd minutes, because you don't really need to know what's happened up until then, do you? No, no, you don't. You just need to know that there's a zombie outbreak and it's about to kick off. It reminds me a little bit of like, you know, when you're a kid and you watch action movies and you just want to get to the end for the big fight mm. sequence, all the cool stuff. Yeah, it's pretty much that, isn't it here? Like, you know, you, you can literally just watch the last 40 minutes and just be like, fuck me, I've never seen anything like it. But I would recommend people watching this because um, it is just a good splatter horror, really. Um, I would say, like JT said, we haven't done it justice, especially that last sequence because it'd be impossible without spending probably like two or three hours breaking each bit down one by one but <laughs> yeah. you really have to see it to believe it yeah i mean like i say i paused it a couple of times and made a few notes about certain deaths but i thought if i do this for every single one i'm going to be here all night watching this film so <laughs> yeah it, it needs to be seen to be believed that's all i can say really um so should we go on and uh, give it an other score bread roll let's give it another score i'll just refresh you very quickly on what our other score is so it's one out of five 
absolutely dreadful. It's one, if it's passable, but you wouldn't really go out of your way for it. It's two, if it's right in the middle, it entertains you, but you wouldn't, so you can leave it or you can take it. It's number three. If it's what you expected, if it's, you know, you buy it happily or pay to go to the cinema, it's number four, and it was absolutely sensational, it will be five udders. So... How many others are you going to give this one, JT? <laughs> well, I was, I was generous last week with Bad Taste, I think, gave it three, but that was a sentimental one. This, to be honest, I had seen it a few times before, but not for a while. A lot of it did come flooding back. I was a bit blank on some of the bit, particularly the very ending, The Mother on the Roof and stuff. I thoroughly enjoyed it, watching it again. Um, I would definitely buy this on Blu-ray if it was a decent price, and I'm going to give it four others, bread roll. Very good. You know, I was actually thinking quite hard after watching it um, this afternoon. And um, I agree, I'm going to give it four others because I would, I don't know why it's not in my collection because looking at my Blu ray collection, it's got loads of shit in it. <laughs> I don't know. It might just be because I've never seen it on my travels. And I do remember watching this and liking it when I was younger. And I don't know why it's been so long since I watched it. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it again. And if you are fans of things like, you know, your Evil Dead, you just, you kind of latter slasher movies this is going to be right up your alley and it's just you can either watch it and enjoy it from like kind of you know if you like practical effects or things like that and actually admire it or you can just watch it and laugh your way through it either way you're going to get entertained for an hour and a half so yeah uh four others for me as well yeah excellent yeah i'm I'm glad you said that yeah I, i really thoroughly enjoyed watching this yesterday um and I probably will watch it again. I would have thought try, I might try and find it on Blu-ray. The, the sound dropping out on YouTube was annoying, um, but it certainly wasn't a deal breaker. It didn't spoil it too much, but we did lose a little bit of important dialogue, I believe, because there's not a lot of dialogue in this film. And I think one of the most important bits we kind of didn't see. That's it. Yeah, I think the only part of this movie that really gives you any semblance to what's going on, we missed out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still enjoyable without it. But yeah... Um... Yeah, definitely, definitely check this one out. We watched it on YouTube, so you should do likewise, unless, of course, you own it or see it for a good price. Yeah, it's not on any of the streaming services for whatever reason. I mean, it might be a bit too much. I mean, Amazon have got bad taste, which, compared to this, like I said to you via text, I think last night, it's like a bloody Disney film, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. I mean, bad taste, obviously, is brutal in places. Um, but, yeah, this is just fucking... Literally... <laughs> It, it sounds like over the top or like an exaggeration. People say, you know, you've never seen anything like it, but I can guarantee if you haven't watched this film before, or haven't watched it for a long time, that is the perfect kind of description for it. You probably haven't seen anything like it. No, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like I say, that there is a lot of blood and gore, but it's not sort of like, oh my God, is it? It's actually, apart from the only bit that made me cringe really was the, like I said, the teeth with the bloody pliers. That's That was the, oh. But the, the actual blood and gore, you just you laugh at it more than anything, don't you? You do. Yeah. I mean, the bit with the pus and the custard is a bit fucking grim because <laughs> pus is just a whole new level. But yeah, you're right. The, the teeth and that bit for me, I was just like, oh, God, this could put me off eating fucking custard again now. I'm going to think <laughs> twice next time I have a jam roly-poly. <laughs> uh, I see. I'm diabetic. I don't have to worry about that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, it's all right for some. So, um I don't really have a lot else to say about this particular one, so I am going to sign off here and hand you over to JT. He will say farewell. I will indeedy. Um, we don't actually know what we're going to be doing next week, so it might be a bit of a surprise. I might uh, chuck it on Twitter at some point when we actually work out what we're going to do. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. Um, and obviously keep, a, keep an eye on what we're doing on Twitter and follow us, tweet us, give us all the shit that you want because it's all good fun. And uh, yeah, 
I'll just sign out with, that's my mother you're pissing on. <laughs>